Welcome to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. Enjoy the message. Today we're talking again about trusting God in the unknown. And what do we know? What do we know about the plan of God or the plan of Christ in these days? Well, perhaps nothing characterized the life of Jesus more than the fact that he pursued people that were nothing like him. People that were nothing like Jesus, like Jesus, and Jesus liked people that were nothing like him. There was a time in his life where there's a rather perplexing story. You see, his dear friend Lazarus got sick, sick to the point where he dies. Now, the sisters of Lazarus have called for Jesus to come and make things right. Jesus delays his coming. It's now the fourth day that Lazarus has been dead. And you'll remember because of Jewish uh, culture that they believe that the body and the spirit separated at death, but that the spirit hovered around the body for three days. And that until the fourth day, you could not be pronounced clinically dead. So the miracle of Jesus resurrecting Lazarus on the fourth day all the more underscores that Lazarus was really deader than dead. And as the King James said, he stinketh. Well, we can believe that because now he's four days dead. But before any of the resurrection of Lazarus happened, before Jesus calls out and says, Lazarus, come forth, we have Jesus going to the tomb and pausing. He waits. He waits. He doesn't come in with an answer to the problem, a solution. He doesn't come in with the resurrection power. He just pauses for a moment and breathes in what's going on. What was going on? The sisters of Lazarus were grieving his death. The sisters of Lazarus were upset that Jesus hadn't arrived sooner. And the family and friends of Lazarus are grieving. They're mourning. And as it were, Jesus breathes in this moment without solution. John 11 simply records it. See how he loved him. I I think in the season that we're living in right now, we need to pause. And rather than answer with a quick solution or a response of rhetoric, we need to pause long enough to take in the understanding of what people are going through. People are still fearful with COVID-19. People are still wondering, why are we opening or not opening? Other people are concerned about the economy. And of course, people are concerned about racism, about segregation, about prejudice. And people today in the city of Atlanta are up in arms and many cities across America where protesters are protesting and people want to understand. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said these words, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. We are caught in an inescapable network of mutuality, tied in a single garment of destiny. Whatever affects one directly affects all indirectly. You know, it's possible to be a Ten Commandment follower, a religious law-abiding person, 
And if you just go on the Ten Commandments to, to have prejudice or even have racism in your heart, you may say, where did you ever get that thought from? Well, think about Saul before he became the Apostle Paul, before he meets Christ, the liberator, the reconciler, and the unifier. Before his heart is changed, he actually despises Gentiles and tortures Christians. But Jesus came to change Saul's heart as he renames him Paul, of course. But he also came to introduce a new kingdom. Jesus reduced all of life to two simple things. First, Mark chapter 12, verse 30 and 31. And here are those things. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is like it to love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these, greater than these commands at all. You won't find them anywhere. Love God and love people and serve God and serve people. John 13, 34, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. Now, it's not a suggestion, it's a command. And then in verse 35, it says, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So how should people who don't look like you or look like me experience you and me? Well, here's one of the ways. Galatians 6.2 says, carry one another's burdens, and in this way, you fulfill the law of Christ. You see, when we choose to carry another person's burdens, we not only lighten their load and add value to their lives, but what divides us diminishes, and what unites us surfaces. What divides us diminishes, and what unites us surfaces. It was years ago that I was leaving the office here at LFC, and as I was on my way home, I noticed a car with its emergency flashers on. The car had stalled out for some mechanical reason or possibly ran out of gas. I parked my car safely, and I got out, and I began from the trunk end of the car to push the car. Now, there was a gentleman out at the driver's side. He had his hand uh, on the car, and he's trying to steer it, and it appeared to me that his son was helping on the other side push the car. And as we began to actually get some momentum, these two gentlemen that were standing on the corner of the street, they came running out, and together, the five of us pushed this car. I guess that's the definition of a muscle car. We were all pushing it. Okay, that's silly. But what I noticed after I had left was the fact of who was pushing the car. The owner of the car was black, and his son, which I would find out later was his son, was black. And the two gentlemen that came to help us were obviously workers of some kind, whether they worked in the field or they were in construction, but they were covered with dirt. They had old work boots on covered in dirt and mud. And these guys dropped their backpack and their lunch sacks and they came to render aid. Five of us, two blacks, two Hispanics, and a white pastor, all together. 
What caused us to unify? Oh, it was a cause. It was a car that was stalled, that had run out of gas in this intersection. Matter of fact, we didn't care of the color of our skin. We didn't even notice at the moment. We had a task together. Many hands make light work. Now, what, what, did, what did that say? Why, why am I even bringing it up today? Well, when the law of Christ moves us, we forget the social and racial and economic divides that are between us. We will know that we're fulfilling the law of Christ when black culture and white culture and brown culture and Asian culture and Hmong culture and Filipino culture, and the list goes on and on. When the thinking that divides us, the wall between us is destroyed. It's not enough to to not be a racist. See, non-racist is really not the goal. If we're Jesus followers, we must be anti-racism. And it starts within our hearts. And when you discover things about yourself that that rise up, where you say, God, I repent of my sin. I repent of of where I have looked down upon people. It happens with believers and non-believers. It happens with Christians. Where somebody says, well, I'm this brand of faith, or I'm this brand of faith, or we only use the King James Bible. If you don't use the King James Bible, well, then you're not a real preacher or teacher. I'm using NIV today. And some people would say, just being blunt, that I'm not teaching the true word of God because it's not King James. Someone else may say, if you don't do communion this way or if you don't worship that way, we draw lines of division and difference all the time. In teaching last week to you, we talked about how God was at work with the children of Israel. And one of the things that we learned about them was even though they were in a season of chaos and confusion and this dictator leader named Pharaoh had now come in, he wanted all the little baby boys to be thrown into the Nile River so they would drown and die. But God was at work. He was at work with a little baby boy named Moses. And Moses was put in a bushel basket and sent down the Nile River And guess who found him? Well, God had planted. It was the daughter of Pharaoh, the princess of the palace. And he brings Moses in and takes care of him. She brings him in and takes care of him. And he would become the prince of Egypt. He would become the deliverer of the Jewish people. God had a plan. And this Moses would write the the first five books of Moses, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. You see, when it doesn't look like God has a plan, God has a plan. So now let's go over to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13, 14, 15, and 16. And here's how it reads. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our, you say it, yeah, he's our peace who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. 
His purpose, get this, his purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace. And in one body to reconcile both them to God through the cross, as we celebrate at communion, by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. What's God doing? What is God's purpose? He is longing to build one humanity. God's purpose is to create a united humanity where the anger and the bitterness and the hatred that so easily resides in us if we're not careful is washed away, where prejudice and racism, misunderstanding and grabbing hold of opinions that aren't truthful would somehow be washed away. Paul is speaking about the wall between the Jew and the Gentile. He's wanting to get rid of the us and the them and eliminate the wall. See, God is at work. No matter where you are in your life right now, God is at work. Whether you're following Christ or you're still searching. Maybe you're a seeker. Maybe you're still wondering if God is real. But here's what we know that God is doing. He's drawing all humanity to himself and all humanity together. Let me say it again. God is drawing all humanity to himself. That's his purpose. And he's drawing us all together. What God is doing in the midst of people that are hurting is trying to give them peace. Others are questioning law enforcement in our land. And some people, sadly, don't see the great work that law enforcement's doing because of the horrible work of a few. You know, we have some great teachers in America. And we have some teachers who just serve for a paycheck, don't have a deep concern for the kids, but a few. We have some great pastors in America, and we have a few knuckleheads out there. We have some great people in construction who will work for you and do a great job at a fair price with great integrity. And we have a few scammers out there For us to generalize and put them all in the same bucket would be wrong. I hope you were praying as I was this last week with the events in Paso Robles. The police station was getting shot at and the outlying agencies like the CHP and the San Luis uh, Sheriff's Department were coming to the aid of the police in Paso Robles. Somebody said, you know the aid they were coming to? Secondarily, it was to help their brothers and sisters in law enforcement. But primarily, it was to make sure that the people of Paso Robles were saved because no one knew what they had in the initial attack. Someone or someones were shooting up the station. And in it, Nicholas Dreyfus, 28-year-old sheriff deputy, was shot. I was thinking about law enforcement this week, and many of you know that for many years, I've been a chaplain, volunteer chaplain with Lompoc Police and Lompoc Fire Departments. I'm honored and privileged that they would have me and allow me to serve with them. This last 
year so far, six months in, our little Lompoc Police Department has had over 14,000 calls for service. And they do it day in and day out. And much like Nicholas Dreyfus said on his Facebook post two days before he was shot, we are willing to go into harm's way and lay down our life for the safety of the public. I thought, wow. So wherever we are, wherever you find yourself right now, can we make sure that we're being the heart, the hands, the voice of Jesus? Because God is pulling us to himself and uniting us through the blood of Christ. Ephesians 2, 13 again. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. This is unity through the cross of Jesus. This is unity. See, God is trying to speak to us to remind us that one humanity cannot solve the human problem alone. We can't solve our own problem. That's why God has reached out to us to help us from the inside out and to change us. And the closer we get to Christ, the closer we get to his love. Once we were far away, but now we're brought close to Christ. John 13, 34, as I've loved you, so you must love one another. It seems like now that if you don't fully agree with me, then I'm not gonna like you. It seems like now if, if I don't fully agree with you, then, then you're going to post things about me online or as some are doing and the word is out, I'm going to out you on social media. Can I just ask you a question? Just want to ask you a simple question. Where's the love in that? If you don't vote the way that someone else votes or if you don't protest when someone else is protesting or if you don't have the same sign on your house or bumper sticker on your car, and pretty soon we start saying, you know what? You're not like me, so I'm not going to like you. Well, in a minute, I'm going to challenge you. Just, just stay tuned. I'm going to challenge you. Because the second thing I want you to see is that God's purpose is to destroy the barriers and dividing walls of hostility. And here's the challenge. Jesus himself is our peace and our unifier. And so if we're in Christ... We should live at peace with one another. The Apostle Paul says that. We should make sure that faith, hope, and love are a part of our lives. And the greatest of these, the Apostle Paul, who was transformed by Jesus, who is our peace, he's the one that wrote that. Love is the greatest of all. In the middle of all that's going on in our world right now, Jesus is working to end hostility the dividing wall between us. Now, in first century Herodian temple, and you scholars would love this, you people who like Bible stuff, you'll love this. In the first century Herodian temple where the Jews worshiped, there was a series of courts that separated by gated walls. The Gentiles who loved God, God-fearing Gentiles, were allowed to enter the outer court but that's as far as they could go. The Jews now could go further, and Jewish women who were ceremonially clean could go into the next 
compartment or the next area, the next court. And beyond that, ladies couldn't go. Only Jewish men who were ceremonially clean could go to the next level. You have Gentiles, Jewish women, Jewish men. And beyond that, only the high priest could go into the Holy of Holies, into the presence of God. Several years ago, archaeologists found an inscription in the wall of the outermost court, the court of the Gentiles. And it read, whoever is captured past this point will have himself to blame for his subsequent death. They weren't allowed to go in. But Jesus says that I've come to tear down the wall or the gates, the dividing wall between Jew and Gentile. Now, without doing disservice to the text, getting a Jew and a Gentile in the same space and allowed to be together and in the presence of God, that is a radical accomplishment. So it's simple to say um, black and brown and yellow and white. All of us getting together. This is the heart of Christ to create one new humanity together. And by the way, if you go way back, I mean, if you go way back, your ancestry all can be traced to two people. Get ready, Adam and Eve, all of us. And Adam and Eve, the intention for God was for them to live without death in the garden, to live without pain in the garden. And they disobey God, and guess what happens? The curse of death falls upon them. And then the next generation, do you remember these two guys? Cain and Abel. They create a wall of hatred between themselves. They're they're blood brothers, they're kin, and yet they hate each other. And murder happens. I mean, we're, we're two generations into the Bible, and we already have hatred and bitterness, malice, and death. If you want to know what Jesus is doing in this moment, He's uniting people. He's bringing down the walls of hostility and the barriers between the us and them. See, whenever human beings are moving toward love and peace and forgiveness, you are seeing the purposes of God at work. Now, here's my challenge. I told you I'd give you one. Stop looking for everything that divides us and celebrate the diversity around us. Think about music, for example. There are some people who love classical music, Bach, Beethoven, Chopin. Other people love big band music with the saxophones and the trumpets and the drummers. And some people love hip hop and some people love rap. Some people love heavy metal. And some people love country music. They're twangier the better. They love it. They love that country music. There's all kinds of music. Some people love acapella worship with voices that blend together. Other people love multiple singers. Some people just love somebody banging on a guitar. We're all created different. And rather than saying, those of you that love country music, ah, we're going to disown you. Or those of you that are classical fans, we don't like you. No, we celebrate the diversity. Isn't it interesting to note the number of flowers that God has made? Think about it. 
flowers. He could have just made uh, marigolds and roses. That'd be cool. But we have sweet peas and snapdragons and zinnias and zincas. We have all kinds of flowers with different looks and different fragrances. The genius of God's creation. And then when it comes to fruits, we have all kinds. We could have just had apples, Granny Smith, Macintosh, a couple of varieties. But we have plums and apricots and strawberries that we grow on the Central Coast. I mean, there's great, great, great fruits. I grew up on apricots. We had a big old apricot tree. Amazing. Love it. The diversity of our creator. But I can't talk about flowers and, and fruit without talking about kids, how God has made us diverse, red, yellow, black, white, precious in his sight. God's made us all different. And you know one thing about kids? They don't create barriers on their own. They will play together. Hey, I got a ball. Come out and join me. Or when they're in the park, when they're allowed to play in a park together, I mean, you'll have kids from one family to another family. And you have a brown family with a black family, with an Asian family, with a white. These kids don't care. You know what their unifier is? They want to play. They want to get along. And if we're not careful as parents and guardians, grandparents, we can instill some kind of, well, let me just say the word, some kind of racism in the hearts of little ones that God didn't put there. That God didn't create us to be that way. His intention, again, is that we would have one humanity. God is so creative. Let us celebrate the diversity around us, that somebody has brown eyes and somebody has blue eyes and somebody has green eyes. I went to school with a girl. Uh, Her name was Linda. She had a blue eye and a green eye. I think God just had a sense of humor that day. Why the differences? Why did we create a difference and a dividing wall? Why? Oh, and speaking of different things, think about all the aromas that God has made for us. Some of you this morning, if you like coffee or cafecito, you had some coffee and you smelled the aroma as it was brewing or percolating, as you pushed down the lid and the button on the Keurig machine. But think about chocolate if you don't like coffee, how really good, rich chocolate smells when you break the chocolate bar. Or a smell that I love, the popping of popcorn. I just love that smell. And some of you love the smell of cookies, or some of you have been making your own bread at home, and there's something about fresh, baked bed, bread. You try to say that. Fresh, baked bread, and the smell of that in the house. Oh, man. So great. The smell of cinnamon is different than the smell of lavender. God has created diversity all around us, I think, to remind us of what his purpose and plan is. Jesus came into our history to show us a preferable future, to tear down the walls between us. He is our peace that breaks down every wall. A wall where people are judged oftentimes by their profession or by the amount of money they have, or the lack of money they have, or the house they have, or whether they're homeless, 
or by the color of their skin. Remember what Martin Luther King Jr. said? He was dreaming for a day when people would be judged not by the color of their skin, but the content of their character. Wow. So what do we do? Well, number three, God's purpose in the worst of times is to pull out the best that he's placed inside of us. See, if you're a Christ follower, here's what you understand, Ephesians 2, 19 to 22. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. God's trying to put us together in his household. Built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus himself, catch this, as the chief cornerstone. In that day, and the understanding of the cornerstone is that it was level and it was plumb. And everything was built off the cornerstone. So our lives, our country is best built. Your family is best built off Jesus Christ as the cornerstone of everything. His ways, his law, his peace, his purpose, his spirit. His death, his burial, his resurrection, that becomes a cornerstone. And from that, we build everything else that we have. And he's joining us together. And we rise to become the holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. This is my prayer for you. This is my prayer for Lompoc and Santa Barbara County and California and United States and the world that we would all become a dwelling of God's Spirit, where when you press us, God's Spirit comes out of us. When you go against us, God's love and forgiveness come out of us. Wouldn't that be great? And somebody says, Pastor Bernie, you're just being a dreamer. No, I'm just following the heart of Christ in Ephesians 2, where the wall of hostility is taken down. You see, God desires to manifest himself through his people wherever they go. That the church of Christ would rise. That a place like Lompoc Foursquare Church would rise up like never before and live on mission. That wherever we go, God would manifest himself through us. His purpose lived out in us. Now, before I I close in prayer, I want to invite any of you who are wrestling these days with how should you respond? Well, respond with prayer. Again, as I said, as we started, a lot of people say, ah, we've had it up to here with your prayer. They don't understand the power of prayer. What a blessing when we speak the name of God and we speak a blessing over people. And what a blessing when we speak someone's name before that God and say, God, I bring you my friends. I, and you just speak their names before the Father in heaven. That somehow God might grant them peace and mercy and favor and safety. Maybe you've never given your life to Christ. I, I encourage you today to just say to him, Lord, I repent of my sin. I ask you to, to heal me first. To forgive me, to be my Savior, to be my Lord. And I want to encourage you today to believe in him. Let me pray for you this morning. Jesus, I I believe in you. I believe in your life. I believe in your death. I believe in your resurrection. And there might be some out there, God, who 
who are watching even now, they, they need to confess their sin before you and confess you as Lord. And would you say that where you are? You are Lord. You are Lord of my life. You're Lord of every situation and circumstance. If you have family members, Lord, you're Lord of our family. We confess you and we give you our life afresh today. And God, I pray for those that are hurting. I pray for my black brothers and sisters who are trying to make sense out of all of this right now, that you would give them your peace. Wherever they've been wronged, and they have been wronged, that your grace, your mercy would come. Use us as your people to be agents of your peace. But I also pray for for my friends in law enforcement today. I pray for Joe and for Jason and Nate, Charles and Kevin and Chip and Oni and Bill and Sergio and Rachel and Jasmine and Lord, all of them and for Nicholas Dreyfus. God, we pray for all of them that you would strengthen them in these days and somehow let them feel a sense of, well, a sense of accomplishment that no matter what people say, they're living out the life that you've called them to live. They're willing to serve and to give and protect. Watch over them and keep them safe. And for our leaders, God, help them. They're being bombarded with all kinds of things. Would you give them wisdom beyond what they know and help them to make decisions that shape our land in accordance with the heart of Christ that you are building us together to become a dwelling in which God, by your spirit, you can live. Amen. Amen. Well, if this is your day to give your life to Christ, I I encourage you to text Decide Jesus, all one word, Decide Jesus to 555-888. We want to pray for you and respond and also send you a yes packet to get you started on your journey with Christ. Uh, Maybe it's today is your day. Maybe in recent days you did this and you have yet to make that confession. Well, here's one way you can confess with technology. Decide Jesus to 555-888. As we get ready to close, I, I just want to thank you for being with us today. Thank you so much for being a part of LFC. And I hope I'll see you this Saturday as we gather together for our summer drive through It's from 11 o'clock to 2 o'clock. It's going to be a great time. And dads, listen, if nobody enters you into the Father's Day man crate giveaway next weekend, you can enter yourself in. Just uh, send us through DM on Facebook or you can email the office, office at lompocfoursquare.com. Just give us your name, your phone number, and your address because next Sunday during service, we're going to draw two winners out from each service. And last but not least, if you've got a video to honor Dad, get that to us by this Thursday. Film it horizontally, 90 seconds or less, and you could also win another gift for the dad that you're honoring. So it's all going to be great. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Please visit us at mylfc.com for more information about our church. Thank you so much for listening.